And we are live. It is good to be back. We have been out, or I have been out the last couple of days. Joe, I guess you could have done the show in my absence, but nevertheless, we are back. Good to be live. How are we doing tonight? Uh, kind of a little bit of a shot coming out of the gate here. You're like, why? You're basically saying, why didn't I go go live? I oh, would have. No, 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 it wasn't a shot. It, I'm serious. It wasn't a shot. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you I took mean, the time off, though. <laughs> me too. When you have two kids, it's it gets pretty stressful. I mean, I'm already taking licks from going on um, our but our friends podcast, uh, the charity mm-hmm. strike, oh. um, for me having the words that I did. Uh, already being ripped alive for the words that I had on that show. But nevertheless, I mean, listen, sometimes logic has to enter the building. And you know what my middle name is? Logic. See, I was, and we were texting about this earlier, I was perplexed that that question was even asked to you on the show, that Brian Kelly would be on the hot seat. What In what universe is Brian Kelly going to be on the hot seat? The guy LSU beat Bam in his first year. He bought himself not- a massive window. LSU is not paying $90 million guaranteed for Brian Kelly not to coach. It, I, and I'm, I have no intention to go listen to the full thing, um, but well, it's almost <laughs> – not about you. It's about it's about them. I hear them talk all day. I don't need to hear them anymore. Oh, okay, okay. My point is, is though, it's almost like they're deflecting from their own coaching hot seat situation. Sark's got more potential to be in the hot seat than Brian Kelly ever will. Yeah, and we and we talked about that. So shout out to our good friends, though, and all joking aside from the charity stripe. So Joe, listen, clip it, say, do what you got to do. I so I can't even go on vacation without Twitter and everybody around college football overreacting to spring games. Mm. We're going to talk about that here tonight. But Robert Griffin the third. What in the hell are you talking about? Joe, I watched the following games this weekend and today. Penn State, Ohio State, Texas, and Georgia. None of them ran zone coverage. They're not, you do not win national titles in April, my guy. Coming from a Heisman Trophy winner, you should know that. We're going to react to what we saw over the yep. last couple of days in spring games. So a lot of things, a lot of people looking at Arch Manning, try to tell you that. Tr- you know what? I came on this show and told you Arch was not the best quarterback in the country, but, oh, Mr. Blake, he's a Manning. That was my take, first of all. I would like um, to I, play the film. I actually don't totally remember what I said, but I know that wasn't my take. <laughs> I know for a no, fact that it wasn't my Nico take. Nico was better. But you said that he was really talented. I said that he was maybe one of the more ready-to-play guys. And, look, I'm going to be completely Mm -hmm. honest. We're going to get into it. I was wrong. I was really wrong on what he's capable of. What did you just say? I was wrong. I have said I'm wrong on this program before. I have admitted. And I have always said I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong. Don't. I I don't really know what I'm hearing right now. Don't act like I've never admitted when I'm wrong. I admitted I was wrong (laughs) about TCU. And that was my one of my biggest. You had no choice. You had no choice. Well, this is my second TCU moment. I have no choice but to admit I was wrong about Arch Manning. Because he does not look ready to play. You're not wrong. Is it? Well. He's not ready to play yet. We'll talk about that. The dude should be literally getting in some trouble. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. going and being a teenager, 
He should be at his senior prom. Okay, let's not overreact uh, to Arch Manning. Also, Jimbo Fisher's in the news. Um, I, I don't know how, what to make of this. I feel like a lot of this is fabricated again. I don't know. Joe, let me just tell you, these yeah. comments, and I'll paraphrase, basically he's just, Jimbo just was messing with the media and said, I'm not taking a question from the Houston Chronicle. Give me a uh, question from Texax, who has been notoriously mm-hmm. known for being homers. Okay, I'm just, we'll just call it what it is. It's and the on three Texas A&M site, correct? They're not, I don't think they're free. I think you got to pay a subscription. No, on three. Oh, no, they're not on three. They're their own thing. Like, okay. they're their own – yeah, they're their own thing. Okay. So, I, I mean, he he gave him a little flack, and, and basically Jimbo Fireback says, you guys give me hell all the time, but I say something to you, and you're soft. Jimbo's not wrong. A lot of people in the media are softish, softer than Charmin. We'll touch on Jimbo here tonight as well. None bigger, though, in the topics that we'll talk on than this one. Florida and Billy Napier are in serious trouble, my guy. They're there. So I'm going to say all this and then I'm going to come back and say, don't overreact. And I'm going to say, yeah, you know, you need to really be looking at Florida, but I feel like I have really good reasons to do so. I mean, that would Florida. I mean, man, who has a spring game on a Thursday? Well, that in itself is bizarre and it's clearly trying to hide something because when we're playing those games on Saturdays, no one else has anything to talk about. So everyone's overreacting to the attendance at these games and the conditions, the field, and is it seven on seven or not? Blah, blah, blah. But here in this circumstance, they're saying it's on a Thursday, clearly trying to hide something. And they're trying to hide the fact that they don't have a damn quarterback. They're screwed. I, I know that we don't want to overreact to some other things, but when you bring in Graham Mertz, who's supposed to be this, this not a savior, but a talented guy who's supposed to step in and take over that job and you don't have an option and he's not the guy you're screwed for next season. I will defend Graham Mertz in the show for one thing, Joe, the game that I saw, they went five of 12 as a uh, a collective unit from a passing standpoint, Mm -hmm. Graham Mertz of those 12 passes had four drops. Okay. So that's not totally on him. That's not totally on him. Nevertheless. I mean, they were as vanilla they average 1.8 yards per play. That's abysmal. Like, that is abysmal. Could it mean, though, that Austin Armstrong may be a guy that we need to talk about more? Their new D.C. Obviously, he was hired at Alabama as the inside linebackers coach, then immediately was hired as a defensive coordinator at Florida. So we've got a lot to touch in, though. I love that I'm back. It's good to be back, and we do have a lot we got to uh, touch on. So – Nevertheless, Joe, let's let's go ahead and dive into it. But let's talk about our good friends, though, very quickly over at betonline.ag. Guys, let's uh, – how about this? Just We'll be back in 50 seconds because I think we got a lot we need to discuss. I'm not going to ramble on. So let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline. We're back in 50 seconds. Next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! So fitting today. It's very fitting today. It is very fitting today. All right. So, Joe, listen. This is where I'm going to stand. I'm sure you have a lot to discuss on this in your own right. So yeah. I'll kick it to you. Um, for me, I watched Penn State. I watched Drew Atler. I, I thought that he did some decent things. They didn't show a lot. They ran a lot of zone reads. It was what it was. I do question. I do take a little step back on his mobility. I do worry about that. I think Penn State is one of the more faster physical teams. Look, they were very physical in their spring game. I like what I saw from Penn State. Ohio State, Joe, when the running backs, some of the running backs, I forget the young, when Williams, their running back, Mm -hmm. got the ball and was touched, they blew the whistle. Man-to-man coverage. I I mean, McCord was okay. Nothing special. Texas, we'll get into in just a minute. And Georgia. Out of these sprint, and Michigan went to, but I have no idea what you take from Michigan running the ball 45 straight times. I mean, I really just don't get it. It's fantastic. It it, it just, you know, come on, man. Like, what are we doing in this overreaction? (laughs) So I'm sitting on the beach, right, this past Mm -hmm. week. And I'm sitting there, like the Jimmy Buffett song. I, I think it's Jimmy Buffett. I don't even know. If you like pina coladas. I'm sitting there drinking me a nice little pina colada. And all I get is, hmm, hmm, hmm. Everybody overreacting to spring games and RG3 being the main one. The only thing that I walk away from all this is Georgia is still going to be really good. Carson Beck's going to be a dude. I guess in these games for you, Joe, where do you sit and what you saw this past week? Yeah, I throw away everything that happened. I, I don't think any of these games mean anything to me. I, I remember playing in a spring, I think it was my junior year, where we didn't even have a second full offensive line. The, the whole first offensive line played the whole game. Like, that's the limitations that you have, not at these big FBS programs. The format doesn't matter, and what goes on on the field doesn't matter. We know who the best athletes are, and even if guys go out there and shine and do really well, like Karsten Beck, like that's great. We kind of knew that he was going to win the starting job in this circumstance. Right. But you know who went 15 for 15 two years ago and everyone overreacted to? Charlie Brewer at Utah did that in his spring game. And then he got beat out by Cam Rising a few games into the season at Utah. Right. Nothing that happens in the spring matters. And I'm tired of seeing the talking heads that don't know ball that get overexcited over any little thing that happens. The RG3 thing is a perfect example who you would hope that he knows what he's talking about because he is a massive analyst for college football and ESPN's coverage and is a former Heisman Trophy winner. But no, to that point, I don't really take much away. It's a practice. It's just guys learning the the playbook or relearning the playbook, adding in wrinkles to the playbook that they're getting adjusted to and getting prepared for, making sure everybody's in shape and ready to go for fall camp that's coming up. It's no different than when fall camp comes around and you have a weekly inner squad scrimmage at the end of the week. It's the same crap, except it was televised. There's no difference. The only thing that I thought was cool is that Colorado sold out their spring game. 
Well, the only thing that I paid attention to. Just for reference, it's only yes. 22nd, right? Yes. But that's the only one that, like, I thought, like, this is nice. Like, a team that has struggled with attendance, with recognition. Dion right. comes in, and everyone is obsessed now with the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm curious to see how that game turns out. Oh, I'm, I'm going to just... be watching it, man. When I mean, Absolutely. LSU has it, but I'm going to be watching Colorado, too. I mean, you're right. It's going to be something to be to watch out for. Yeah, I just – I think that we are – and I absolutely titled this episode Overreaction, Spring Ball Overreactions. There's so few real takeaways that we can have from these practices. Here are some of my key takeaways. I said this. I, Carson Beck's your clear-cut starter at Georgia. Here's the thing for me. This is how I evaluate spring games or spring practices, however you want to label it. Just show me flashes. Okay, like mm-hmm. if you show me consistent, like so as an example, okay, Carson Beck to start a drive off threw an outright dime to Brock Bowers. Joe, I could have literally turned the TV off. Okay, when I'm breaking down this, I, I what else do I need to see? Yeah. He threw it over a five star uh, DB. Brock Bowers, you know, is going to be a dude. Getting both of those guys out of their healthy is all that you need. I'm going to be honest, Joe. I I, I don't I, if you if Look, if I would have been in a coma for a year and you watched Georgia's spring game, you could have made the assumption that Todd Munkin was still the OC. Nothing's changed. Jet sweeps, quick intermediate passes. They did some good things up uh, through the middle of the field. Carson Beck looked like a dude. Their offense looked big. They looked physical. Georgia's still going to be a team to be reckoned with. Can they go on a three-peat? The likelihood is not that high that team, and we don't, we've never seen a team go no. on a three-peat, right? No. I think Carson Beck stood out to me. I think Penn State's physicality. Mm-hmm. Look, you got to give James Franklin this. He told his team before the game started, you're fight, you're all fighting for a starting job. And Joe, up front, both of those teams. We're just getting after it. Singletary looks good. I thought at, uh, the, uh, Drew Atler made some really good throws down the field. Got to be caught. I'm not worried about that in spring. They did some good things. One of their wide receivers, by the way, Evans, caught a touchdown from Atler. It was beautiful. I'm talking about absolutely beautiful pass. Well, he got flagged for a celebration. And uh, wait, actually, I didn't, I didn't yeah, see that he, he got <laughs> for excessive celebration and got uh, uh, James Franklin made him do up downs until the PAT that, was good. that's awesome. See, I love, I love that. Shit. Love, that's awesome. I love that. Nevertheless, there's not a lot that you can take away mm-hmm. from that. There's guys not playing, there's injuries. You have freshman classes, not all of the freshman classes are in, and like. Listen, I, I like I've told people this before, whether it be LSU or wherever. Harold Perkins wasn't in that game for LSU, as an example, last year. Mm-hmm. You've had Brock Bowers wasn't in their spring game two years ago when they right. won. An, like, what are, what are we talking about here? Darnell Washington wasn't at Georgia last couple of spring scrimmages. How did that affect Georgia? My only point here is this. I just don't get the overreaction from people. Now, we're about to talk about Texas and Florida. I think that's a little bit different. We'll talk yes. about why. But w- saying a team's going to win a conference outside of me- it being the following. Yes. Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, USC, 
Utah, Oregon. There's only like eight teams that you can say right now that you could probably make a argument for those teams winning their conference. Okay. Texas is not one of them. No, no. So the way, the way that I look at this and to kind of further elaborate on what I was saying earlier, it's good to have observations, but to speak in absolutes like RG three did and to, to make these grand statements is ridiculous. So like that for me, I, I just to backtrack slightly on the Carson Beck stuff. I think that Carson Beck, we already knew that he was going to win that job and he looked clean. I'm not going to sit here and do the, this is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the sec next year. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to take it that far because I don't know how he does in a real legitimate game situation, not going up against guys that he sees on a week to week basis. Right. How does he do against a different opponent? That's what I'm more focused on. But what we do now, now know that there is a pretty massive gap between Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff. And it feels like the former five-star recruit Brock Vandergriff probably going to be out the door. I, I think that it is probably best for him to relocate amongst this other group of guys that have hopped in the portal as of late. All I'm going to say about Brock Vandergriff, so you're right. The only thing I'm going to say about Brock Vandergriff is I know for a fact he's talking to teams, okay? As he should be. As he should be. And I know it's against the rules. Joe, let me tell let me just tell you this. That's one thing that I don't really worry about. If a guy's clearly thinking about transferring, let him talk to other teams. Like, what is it, what does it really matter at that point? But you're right. Carson Beck's gonna be their star. I I just don't barring injury. Okay, barring injury, I just don't see a scenario where Carson Beck is not their starting guy. Look, Georgia's going to be big. They're going to be physical. And mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you something. They're go as God is my witness, Joe, they're going to let the ball they're going to let the ball fly because if there's any team out of all of these that let the ball fly and let these dudes battle it out, it was Kirby Smart. Cuz you know what? You know what Kirby Smart sits up at night and says, "I could show you the entire playbook. It's the same year in and year out." You got to stop it, and you can't. He don't give two flying Rudy Poos what you see or don't see in a spring game. I mean, are they not completely opening it up? Okay, cute. Sure, sounds good. But it doesn't matter. You're going to have to stop them. A, a lot of the same with Ohio State when I'm watching them. Mm. One thing I was intrigued by with them, though, buddy, they got the ball out extremely quick. I got to give. I, I got to give them this. If it if that continues, I'm getting a little bit more bullish on Ohio State maybe being a competitor. Joe, tell me this. What has been the biggest complaint offensively at Ohio State? At least what I hear. They need to get their they need to get physicality. their play, physicality and getting their playmakers the ball out in space. Joe, I, I, I got to tell you, you know what it reminded me a lot of to just pay attention to? I'm, they're not going to be this. Don't get this twisted. It reminded me a lot of the first time I talked to Joe Brady at LSU. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But offensives, uh, when you're being basic, you see how base, like whenever you have a base offense, you know what a guy's core principles are going to be. And I got to tell you, they were just getting the ball to playmakers and saying, hey, go make a play. 
Joe, seven straight series, they ran they ran a hitch, slant, or ran the football. Get your dudes out in space. It's a lot of the same thing of what Georgia did too. So how do you take a lot out of that? I have no idea. Well, I think what needs to be taken out of that is who do we actually think is going to be the starting quarterback in this circumstance? And Well, McCord, I, I think, wouldn't you say McCord because the other kid broke his, broke his hand, correct? Oh, that I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that part. I, I didn't know that that Devin Brown broke his hand. Yeah, so I Devin guess it is. A, I'm not Kyle mistaken. McCord, broke his hand and did not play. If that is true, that sucks because from what I had heard from an indirect source, that it it was kind of trending it's towards Devin all Brown. over again for them. That's pretty crazy that Kyle McCord is going to end up winning that job. And uh, a friend we'll of the show, Matt Sims, was his quarterback coach for a period of time. So. Uh, he speaks hmm. very highly of him, and I, I think that McCord. I'm sure, he does. A former, yeah. But well, you're always going to talk highly of the guys that you train with. Like I, I train the kid who's I've said this before on the show, who's the starting snapper at Rhode Island now, and I I speak extremely highly of him. He's going to go to the NFL. But Kyle McCord, um, to that point, I mean, he's a former five star. He's got all the tools. I just think it was like a matter of like which 